Hi, and welcome to Elevate Potential. I'm so glad that you're here. This is a podcast that is designed to help you escape patterns, embrace passion, and elevate potential. My name is Elizabeth Perry, and as a lifelong student of psychology, personal development, and human potential, as well as a transpersonal life and leadership coach, I will be your guide as together we learn from others who are on this journey. Let's dive in. I just want to be a beam of light, and through me, I want people to see that it is really possible to be who you want to be and possible to pursue a career through art, possible to make it even though you come from not such a good background, good upbringing. All the odds might be against you, but it's always up to you to actually make something out of yourself because the world is full of so much information possibilities. Hi, and welcome to Elevate Potential. Today, I am in South Africa, and I am here to share with you the story of Ofense Sashabela. I met him recently as part of a tour in Woodstock of art studios, and I got to learn about his amazing medium using smoke as a medium for art and the political context that he shares within his art. And I'm really excited to share about his story. A little formal bio about Ofense is he grew up in Johannesburg, South Africa. He completed his visual arts degree at the University of Johannesburg, and he's participated in a number of prominent group expositions, including Talking to Deaf Years at the ABSA Art Gallery, and he has shown work at Investec Cape Town Art Fair, F&B Art Joburg, and Turbine Art Fair. He currently works independently in his own studio in Cape Town. Welcome, Avense. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm still dreaming about the day where we used fire to create art. It was just such an amazing experience, and I'm grateful to sit down and learn from you today. I was wondering if you could set the stage and let everyone know where we are today and what you do here. So today we are at the Peter Clark Art Center in Newlands. This is basically an art center that has different students coming in every day where they have art lessons. So what happens is that there's like a program that's been set up from their designated schools. And every day, different kids come in at a particular time of the day, usually like that from nine o'clock up until 12.30, I think. And then from three o'clock up until five o'clock. So all degrees come from grade R up until grade 12. And yeah, this is where they get to self-express themselves. They get to learn new techniques, new mediums and art. And this is quite a reputable school because some of the artists that are practicing right now in the current art scenes are their art education here. And I've been privileged enough to have done part of my teaching practice here. And I'm currently doing my residency here for the next two months. And then we're going to have an exhibition here in March where I'll be showcasing some of my stuff and some of the works of case that I'll be working Wow, that is awesome. Thank you. I wanted to start off at just the beginning of your story. I know we were talking a little bit before about some of the similarities between kind of the way we move through the world. And I would love to start at the beginning. Tell me about your childhood in Johannesburg and your family of origin. So I was originally born in Victoria in 1995. 
I was born into like quite a middle-class religious family. Most of my early childhood, I was brought up by my grandmother because my parents were working tedious hours. You know, most times my mom had to do night shifts. And if it's not night shifts, then it would be like long hours during the day. So I didn't see her so much. And, you know, I was brought up by my grandmother. And then my parents got married and I started living with them in Hamskral, it's a small town in Pretoria. And then I could only live with them for about two years. And on the second year, I think I was in grade two, or just started grade three, actually. I lost my father. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like changed the whole dynamics of my life and the household that, you know, my family was planning for me, which is my mom and dad. And after my dad passed away, we had to move back into my grandmother's house. And my family or the elders within my family think that it would be best for me to kind of move away from the small town and move into my uncle who was staying Krugerstock at the time, helping. And from there, I started living with my uncle. I had quite a distant relationship with my mom. We'd talk over the phone. I'd visit her maybe once a month, some months. I couldn't go over the tent stuff. And then, yeah, that was quite a difficult time, you know, in my upbringing because I was used to having my mom around and stuff, but I went to live in two different places. And in 2007, I think I was in grade six, my mother also unfortunately passed away. She just had flu, got admitted to hospital, and about three days later, she passed. So from that moment on, I was 12 years old, I realized that it's time for me to be a man. I developed a sense of independence because like I realized that there's nobody that would be there for me like the way my mom or my dad would have been. So I figured that I really need a man up and I did things myself. I started teaching myself how to wash my own clothes, started learning how to cook. A man of my own and be independent at that time. But I did have like uncles and aunts around that were kind of taking care of me. And since I was already staying with my uncle, I, I carried on staying with my uncle. And then at the end of primary school, I decided that I actually want to go to boarding school. So I went to Queens High School, which is like in the east side of Johannesburg. And the reason why I wanted to go to boarding school, like I said, is I just wanted to have that level of independence so I can do my own thing and not having to answer to anybody or be questioned about why I want to do this or that or that or whatever it might be. So there in boarding school, I that's where that those traits of independence started getting enhanced there a lot because like I was away from my family and now I'm exposed to like a totally different world whereby, you know, you really need to stand up for yourself, especially as a boy, because there was a lot of bullying and stuff. But I wasn't bullied so much, luckily. I don't know, I think I was just a bit cool. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because by grade nine, I was already chilling with the guys that are older than me. Chilling with grade 10s, 11s, metrics. They got me into smoking. So I was mostly protected from most horrible things that happened to the boy kids at my school. And then this is a time really where I developed like a nuanced interest in art. I've always been somebody that draws a lot 
I express myself mostly through drawings and stuff. I used to like drawing cars, drawing Dragon Ball Z, mm -hmm. you know, like tearing up pages in a magazine and drawing those images and stuff. And then I figured that when I got to grade 10, I could take art as a subject. And really art transformed my life in a way that it had become like a mode of expression or like I could really release my emotions and like find an escape that's not so harmful or toxic, but made me feel good and stuff, you know? And then I wasn't really so good in other subjects, other subjects except art, and that's where I found my happy place. Mm -hmm. My work got stronger and stronger and stronger, and from grade 10 up until matric, and then after matric, I enrolled at the University of Johannesburg, studied visual art there, it took me very long to complete <laughs> <laughs> because in university you get exposed to, you know, quite a broad scope of life and there's so many things that are suddenly there that were not available before, if you know what I mean. And I just got consumed more in the lifestyle than the study. Mm -hmm. But eventually I did complete my work and I had a fantastic time in university, to be honest, academically too. Because this is where I got like, a real practical experience of being an artist. I got introduced to people that are like in the game that are practicing. All of my lecturers were actually also artists that are practicing in the game. And this is where my ideas also developed conceptually. I leaned more towards political interesting. You shared that art um, was often a mode of escape for you. I wonder. Were there any barriers to expressing yourself as an artist that you had to work through personally in order to find your voice? You have such a distinct voice as an artist. And so I just wonder, what was the process of finding that? Well, the barriers that I can like, think about immediately is religion. My family was like quite a barrier in, in me finding my identity mm -hmm. to start off with because Growing up, I was forced to go to church and I didn't want to go to church. And it was a particular kind of church that from South Africa, which has so many rules that are really questionable. And at that time, it wasn't such a cool thing to be in the church, you know what I mean? So I couldn't really express myself in certain ways because of how someone from this particular church has to carry themselves, mm. how they need to dress, how they need to look, how they need to speak. So my means of self-expression were limited because the church also informed the rules that were set in, in the home, in my house. And it informed quite everything about, you know, daily life as a person from this kind of force. So that's the only barrier that I can think of because quite honestly, my family has never restricted me from pursuing an art career or like pursuing a passion in art. How did you start to find that authentic expression and break down that barrier, kind of release yourself from some of those rules? I was very rebellious. <laughs> <laughs> I went against the rules most of the time, you know. I had to lie a lot about my whereabouts. I had to, you know, I had to live a double life. Mm -hmm. In the sense that at home, I'm this person. Outside of home, I'm another person. Mm -hmm. 
I got the chance or the opportunity to be the kind of person that I want since I decided for myself that I want to go to boarding school. So that meant that I'm not at home most of the time. I just had to like switch personalities and switch identities every time I needed to be humble, down to earth, not naughty when I'm home. But then once I get out of those gates, Ah, it's going down. <laughs> I'm the life of the party. I'm this, I'm this, I'm bad, I'm fine. All of that stuff. Because nobody at home drinks. Nobody smokes. Nobody eats pork. You don't go out into kind of extreme social events and stuff like that. So I was brought up in those kind of conditions and traits. And obviously I had to turn out to this someone else that's like that but i chose my own and as you started to find yourself and create art that's very meaningful what did that self-expression allow you to do in terms of when, when creating your art how do you think that relationship played out between finding yourself and then like being able and, and then the bravery that it takes to make such bold statements that you've made as an artist Firstly, I was allowed to dream beyond my parameters. I got exposed to what the world is about, definitely. And I became unapologetic in who I am and who I'm developing to be. I just felt like there was really nothing that could limit me in the direction that I want to go. And the world for what it is right now, I felt so compelled and passionate about commenting or like having a say or a voice towards things that are affecting me externally, like my environment, what's on the news, government legislatures, hegemony, and the sense of power. I was really drawn towards those kind of ideas. One thing that influenced that also was the fact that I didn't mention it, but at home it was the chats were either religion, church, politics, like different between those two topics. It was either talking about religion, church, or they talk about politics, what's happening. <laughs> so like being in that environment where I'm always listening to my uncles and like commentary on certain things that are happening at that moment, they about something in me. You know, now I'm the one that's going out to actually buy the newspaper at a much older age. I'm the one now that's like switching on the TV and watching ESCA. Yes, yes, the news channel. So as much as there were restrictions and barriers and stuff, there's aspects of my upbringing that have influenced my ideas. And it has helped me find my voice and it has helped me find and build my principles and my beliefs to the point that at this age that I'm at, I'm not ashamed anymore of going against the beliefs that I had when I was growing up. I can easily just express myself however that I want, whether I drink or whether I smoke, they know at home, you know, there's nothing they can do about it. And the most important thing is that those things don't affect me, who I am, what I believe in, and in my principles, it has nothing to do with that. I'm my own person apart from how I live my life. Yeah. 
And tell me about, you said you were passionate about these ideals of politics and power, and that comes through in your art. I'd love to hear from you what art means to you and what your goal is as an artist. Art is life to me. <laughs> art is love. I think that's the number one. Art is love. Art is an opportunity or a platform to reflect one's environment, to reflect on the times we're living in. Art is a record of history, it's a documentation of a certain time period of like human existence. hundred years later, if people want to know how a particular group of people were living their lives, they're going to look at the art. And not necessarily only the visual art, but the music too, the literature, the theater, definitely. So all of these bodies play like a very big role in living a footprint of our lives. And it's important to be conscious of the kind of art that exists within one's environment, because that will give you an idea of how the people live or what the people are dealing with. So art is a mirror, it's a mirror of the society. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're only talking about politics or if you're painting beautiful flowers or whatever the case might be. It will always be a mirror of society and what is actually going on in the world. It's beautiful. And for you as an artist, what is the goal to, what story are you on to tell your art? Through art, I've found myself in art education. That's why we're here too. Mm -hmm. Because I'm very passionate about having an impact, a positive impact in people's lives. So my end goal is to have something like this in my hometown, like an art center, which will be open for kids from different backgrounds to come through and learn art learn how to paint, learn how to sing, learn how to act, everything about learn how to write. So at the moment, I'm just acquiring all the experience that I need so that I can set up art centers around the country, if not around the diaspora, whereby young human expression can be cultivated and put out so that kids don't remain in the dark if they want to pursue this kind of career. Because there was a limited amount of resources when I was growing up with regards to practicing in the arts. They didn't know much, they didn't know where to go to speak to, they didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I only started going to a gallery when I was in university, when I was probably 1920. All this time I didn't know what gallery So. With my practice, what I'd like to do is actually expose more people, more kids to the possibilities of pursuing careers through, through the arts. And I aim to do this by setting up my own programs, community outreach programs, whereby I'm collaborating with different kinds of artists, like big players in the game, and they come in on certain days, and I have a group of kids and they come in and basically just talk about their work, talk about their practice and probably teacher skills. Yeah, I'm actually gonna have such a program here. Depending on how things go, it might start in December. 
It's not started in February. Yeah, so that's one part of my practice. And within me, I just want to be a beam of light. And through me, I want people to see that it is really possible to be who you want to be and possible to pursue a career throughout, possible to meet it, even though you come from not such a good background, good upbringing. All the odds might be against you, but it's always up to you to actually make something out of yourself because the world is full of so much information and possibilities. And it's just a matter of being curious all the time, being tenacious, it's very important. And with that, you, you can really like, go over what I think. And I feel like I'm a living testimony of that. In my small achievements, I feel like wherever we go, in, it's bound to be great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> So, in your career, what have been some of your moments that have given you encouragement across your art journey? And maybe just some moments that you're proud of. So, I feel like there's no gratification as an artist, like having your work being enjoyed by people to an extent that they even buy it. It's not the main point, but then it's it's one of the reasons why you'll find someone's work in a gallery. So selling my first work was quite a joyous moment for me. I can't even remember which work it was, but it was but it felt great. But right now I'm very much over it. Whatever sale happens, unless I'm really broke, <laughs> then I'll, you know, jump through the roof or something. But I have participated in all the art fairs in the country, literally. The major ones, which is Invest, the Cape Town Art Fair, Joburg Art Fair, Tehran Art Fair. I've held two solo exhibitions, which were quite successful. The solo exhibitions were held here in Cape Town at an eclectic contemporary. That's a gallery that I used to work with, mostly working with them on consignment basis right now. Within those solo exhibitions, I've also had grand pilots for my community outreach programs that I would love to do. And these were held at Zites Marker, you know, Zites. You've never been to Zites. It's a museum of contemporary African art at the waterfront. That's the biggest museum, art museum in the continent. Oh, Zites. I plan to go there, actually. I just put that on my list. Okay. Yeah, you should take that. Is it Zach's Mocha? Yes. Yes, okay. That is on the list. So you did one of your pilots there. Yeah, two of them. That was in 2020 and in 2021, where I collaborated with the museum and Lalela. Lalela is like, it's also like a community art project Mm -hmm. program that they run there, the museum. So yeah, those were quite... Great moments that I've had so far in my in my career. Um, and we were talking a little bit about just like your transition from Johannesburg to Cape Downey. I remember seeing your personal portrait where you're in your studio in Johannesburg, and you talk about kind of that transition and sort of the difficulty of transitioning from Johannesburg to Cape Down. Tell me a little bit more about sort of like the challenges that come with this success. I came here because I got a glimpse of 
Cape Town and the Cape Town life through working with a gallery that's based here. So at that moment, I felt like, oh my God, this place is so beautiful. How am I living here and stuff? Most of that time after I came here for my shows and stuff, I started working towards moving here and stuff, you know? And then I moved here in February this year. And then, geez, man, as time goes on, I realized, actually, man, this is just another city. Because now, since I live here, I don't go to those places where I usually go if I'm here for a short time, if you know what I mean. I'll spend like two months and I'm going to the beach. I'm not going to the nice restaurants anymore because, like, I can't really afford going to the restaurant all the time. And people here, I know for you, they might be come across as really lovely. They are lovely. But then compared to Joburg, there's some sort of anger that's within everybody else. Whereby, like, at times, I don't feel so welcome, you know. I don't feel like I really belong here or anything like that. But that's not all the time, that's like sometimes. And yeah, those would, those sentiments would sometimes make me so more like I'm lonely and not open or anything like that. But yeah, settling in and stuff, I'm still settling in yeah. now. I haven't like really found my feet. Even though I've been here for like a couple of months, I'm not where I want to be yet, you know, I'm not at all. But I do realize, and I am aware that it is a process. And I just told myself that I need to be a bit more patient with myself because it's not like I'm just sitting around and scratching my bees. But yeah, within time, I feel like everything else will come through. And I think it will just make sense for me. There's this concept that I've kind of been working through. It's almost like as you achieve your next level or you move to that new city there's an adjustment period like you said of getting more comfortable in Mm. this new level Mm. it's like there's levels to this shit you know i think that's something that when you are growing at the pace that you have like your art has been featured in all of the main major museums here like that is a delta in your life of like not knowing where to go to art, going to your first gallery at 19 and now being featured in major galleries across the country, that change. And I want to hear from your perspective, but from the outside, it all seems positive. On the inside, I assume, just because I've felt it in my own life, that there's challenges that come with that. Yeah, there is. And I don't know, but, you know, you do go through these levels and kind of, achieve different things, but like I'm somebody that I can want something so bad, say showing at a particular art fair, mm-hmm. and then I get it, I show at that art fair. And within not even a day, but within my time being there, I'm already over it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't seem like this thing that I've been, you know, having sleepless nights about anymore. It doesn't seem like it anymore. And then yeah, I just forget about it so quick and move on. I'm somebody that I don't celebrate my achievements. Yeah. In, I don't know, it's very weird. The only celebration that I can think of is like going out for beer or something. <laughs> when you yeah. think about the things that do bring that lasting joy, what is that? 
love, definitely. And working on a piece, working on a piece that's going the direction that I wanted to go. I think last enjoy even the artworks that are produced, mm-hmm. you know, I'm crazy over my work. In fact, sometimes you just sit and just scroll through everything. That <laughs> you know, and it makes me so happy. Being in that process of developing work could be the epitome of a lasting joy for me. And like I said, experiencing love is something that fulfills me so much in such a magical way. And obviously you can feel love from different ways, in different ways, you know, either romantically or your family or the sentiment that a friend might say. So, oh man, I love love so much. It's, it's everything to me. It's the reason why I live. And yeah, we'll experience it like differently, but it's something that I'm willing to cultivate until I die. Yeah. It sounds like that love, that joy in the process. I mean, it, it's very clear as to why you want to create our studios to share that love in the process yeah. with other people. Yes, exactly. I feel like man, it would be so beautiful. It would be so beautiful because it, it gets better when it's being shared amongst a lot of people too, you know. It feels fulfilling, you know, having a positive impact in somebody's life in the sense that you might change their life forever. And I don't want to be patted on the back and say, yeah, I did it. No, I'm a vessel. I'm God sent to be doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I found my purpose and now it's time for me to live it, mm-hmm. you know. And no person that's on like a human level can ever say that I did this for them. It's not me. That's God's doing because he chose me to do what I'm doing now and I'm fulfilling it. And that's just what it is. <laughs> what would you say to somebody who perhaps like they are looking for their voice as an artist or they're looking for that type of like self-acceptance? How would you speak to them in order to help them like, overcome that fear or embrace this like rebellious, rule-breaking yeah. mindset that has obviously like brought you much success. Yeah, I'd say you need to spend as much time by yourself as possible. And you need to do and follow the things that make you happy at all times. And not seeking gratification or instant gratification is very important. And actually having a backbone and that set of beliefs that can be shaken by whatever anyone says. You really need to understand yourself, know yourself, and, oh man, glorify yourself. And I feel like the only way to do that is to spend as much time as possible by yourself. That's real. And that's hard. That's something that a friend and I have talked about recently is when it comes to boundaries with other people, boundaries with work, boundaries with what have you, those boundaries are a lot easier to set when you know yourself. Yeah. You know when something is crossing your boundary because you know when you end, when other people begin. You yeah. know what your opinion is so you can share it without yeah. thinking about how would people respond to this. Yeah. So that's such, such beautiful advice. Well, for people listening here, how can they find your work? How can they engage with you? For now, I don't have a website yet, but I am on Instagram as offense a lot. 
offense underscore Lord. Or you can just type offense studio on Instagram and you'll find me. I have a Facebook page also, offense studio. DM me if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you would like to share? I'd like to thank you for including me in your podcast. And I wish you all the success in what you are building at the moment. And I wish you do come across people that will help you build the solid foundation and structure for all that you want to achieve. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope we keep in touch. I'm so Mm -hmm. inspired by your art and inspired by your story too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. As always, any books, links, or resources that were mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes for you to access. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. Or feel free to send us a direct message on Instagram at Elevate Potential Podcast if you would like to be a guest on this show. Finally, please subscribe and download episodes in order to support the community that we are creating of people who are working to elevate their potential together. Until next time.